Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. Hey everybody, it's me, it's Edwin, and thank you for joining me on another episode of the Business Leadership Podcast. This is episode number 36 with Matt Bertulli. Matt is the co-founder and CEO of DMAC Media, and he's also the co-founder of Pila Case. He's also the author of a best-selling book, Anything, Anywhere, a book on the future of retail and e-commerce. In this episode, you'll hear how he's able to run multiple businesses by creating scalable platforms. I loved hearing about his journey of becoming an author, and really excited to hear how he continues to grow through his belief systems. Before getting started, I would like to thank my media partners, IT World Canada and Startup Canada, for the support of the podcast. Now enjoy the show. Welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast, Matt. Yeah, it's good to be here, man. Great, great. Well, Matt, before jumping in, why don't we just get started by perhaps introducing yourself to our listeners. Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself who you are and and what you like to do when you're not leading growing businesses uh yeah so personally uh you know i'm i'm a human <laughs> uh just like anybody else and uh, uh husband father i've got a two-year-old so um if anybody is listening they have kids they know how much time that takes up and mostly i you know as far as what i do for leisure time like if i'm not you know doing the entrepreneur thing i i mostly mountain bike and get outside like I'm a bit of a tree hugger, and that's kind of why one of the businesses we have is is very focused on the environment. Um, so I I like to be outside as much as possible, and I've sort of built my entire life around that, um, and it works for me. Well, no, that's great, and and we I could relate. I do a number of things as well uh, alongside the podcast. And Matt, just just as you may or may not know, I have a daughter, sixteen months old. So <laughs> I totally know. You know, I know, yeah. and I might, and, and I like that we're kind of close in terms of our child. So I'm sure we could share some things. Uh, definitely, that's happening. But um, oh yeah, it's it's great, and I love and I love that you're doing and you're getting out and doing stuff still outside of work and, and the family. So that's great. Mm-hmm. So let's just jump right in. Why don't you start off telling about about your companies, DMAC sure. Media and, and Pelicase. I mean, first off, just tell us your current roles and, and perhaps what you're trying to accomplish over the, over the next 12 months. I mean, that, that was a mouthful, but let, let's, let's yeah. do it. Yeah, I can unpack all that. So, um, I started, I started DMAC Media about 10 years ago. We're a commerce agency, commerce services business, um, quasi services business. So, what we do is very short and brief. We help merchants build and grow um, e-commerce businesses. So we work with, you know, mid-sized to large brands um, and some smaller ones too. So like, you know, household names in Canada would be like Sleep Country or, you know, global brand would be a Lonely Planet. And we're, you know, we started out as as just technology people. Like I'm a software developer by trade, um, and so is my co-founder. And you know, that business is now you know, somewhere around 80, 90 employees, 100 employees, I, it's hard to keep track. And my role there is is very uh, vision and mission focused. So, you know, more CEO type role now, like it's very work on the business and figure out sort of where our market is going and where we need to go. Um, 
instead of the kind of like very operational, like I'm a, I'm a really bad operator. So I try to do as little of that as possible. And then Pila Case uh, is our second company or my second company, which I had acquired half of about two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, a little over two years ago. And when it was sort of like a brand new startup, so it was more like a venture seed capital investment. But I love the the story and the product and and the co like my co founder Jeremy. Uh, he's such a good dude, um, and such a good mission that basically the thesis is you know DMAC has a a team in systems and technology and all of these pieces that we use to help other people grow these types of companies. So like e-commerce or retail companies, let's buy one ourselves and see if we can grow it for ourselves. So right. that was the thesis. Right. And, you know, funny enough, uh, it's working. <laughs> so we actually, this, this company sort of operates separately. So it's a separate entity, um, separate brand. And it also leverages the resources that DMAC has. So it's been a really cool experiment in that, you know, we started a, a program but last July called Merchant and Residence. So like if your listeners are familiar with sort of the um, venture capital EIR models, like they have entrepreneurs in residence. So mm-hmm. our thinking was, you know, let's, let's find a, a young entrepreneurial person who wants to build a physical product company and give them, let's bring them on board DMAC and give them Pila Case as their first sort of startup to scale. And we did that. And so from July of last year, uh, Santa, the the young lady we hired has sort of led growth for this brand. And, and we've, and I've supported and my team has supported uh, at DMAC. And that company has gone from, you know, nothing to uh, a healthy seven figure business and is growing at about 25% a month. So it's a little rocket ship. And my role there is still same thing. It's it's sort of vision, direction, you know, roadmap. Where are we going? Um, what do we need to do over the next six to twelve months to continue to grow that company? And how does it fit within the the DMAC ecosystem? And then the last question you asked is, what do I do over the next twelve months? And my aim is to replicate this model now. So uh, acquire more brands, more digital first, direct to consumer brands, um, and bring them into our machine, our platforms, so that we can scale them. That's great. I mean, it sounds like uh, everything you're doing is sort of related, and it's it's getting yeah, and it's hitting some of the passions that you have as well, and you're leveraging what you've done over the last ten years, which is pretty interesting. And we'll probably try to get more into that as well as, as we talk mm-hmm. and dig more. But that that's great. I love I love how you shared and how everything is growing and just fitting in. That's so. That's the thing, right? Like I get I get asked a lot about how do you how do you run multiple companies or how do you build multiple businesses, like, and I. The only way I think is possible or, or reasonable, unless you're a, a super freak of a human, is to keep them really closely related. So, like, Pila Case was uh, is is directly related to what DMAC does every day and what I do every day. So I'm not ever in this sort of like context switching between businesses mode, you know, like what Elon Musk does between Tesla and SpaceX just blows me away. Mm-hmm, like those, like mm-hmm. one is launching rockets and one is cars. Like how how are those? Other than, you know, there being some mechanics involved, but like those are very different businesses and that, that to me seems really difficult to do. So for me, uh, I, I look at this, like everything I'm going to do is going to be, you know, I call it one hop away from what DMAC does or is doing. You actually raised some interesting points in terms of 
you know, doing businesses concurrently. And I mean, and you mentioned it, Elon Musk is a different scale. I mean, we're, we're talking about someone yeah. who has like probably the best people around him at this point. And, uh, and he's grown and scaled companies before starting this. But I mean, I know in my community and in, in my, my circle, I mean, there's a lot of business owners, business executives, just focusing on one business is difficult. So I, I'm really curious is how do you find the balance and, and like really divide yourself between the two? And I know you mentioned they're closely related, but, but how, like, give me, give me a, give me what yeah. it looks like in, in a typical day or week. It's a good question. So it, it doesn't work if you don't have really decent operating systems and, and teams in place. Like, even at, at my scale, like DMAX, not a gigantic company. We're not a super small one either, but no. you know, and Pila is still a, a small company, but growing quickly. So it's becoming a much bigger business. So that only works. Like I have a pretty regimented, uh, week, um, like a standard, you know, five day week. I try to, you know, minimize my time as much as possible. So I, I say no to a lot. Nice. Nice. And um, you know, we run on uh, an operating system called Traction or EOS. So, like, there's a, a popular book by a guy named Gino Wickman, um, which basically, like, it's a, it's it's a business operating system. So it's like meeting cadence, you know, scorecards, mm-hmm. um, you know, how to how to manage people, like all that stuff. So we have a the companies run on the on the same operating system, and they have so that means then that it's like it's one set of terminology, one you know one language that we all speak. And I do that selfishly, right? Like I don't, you know, Pila Case is a is a physical products company, and DMAC Media is a a knowledge based company with technology and services. So, very different financial models, very different businesses um, on the surface. But when I talk to teams in both companies, we're all speaking the same language. Like we all run the same meeting cadence, and that makes it a lot easier on me. So I'm not. Yeah, I'm just not in this like scramble, you know, jumping from one thing to another type of mode, which which was the thing that I was most scared about when we decided to do this. In terms of Pila case, how many resources are dedicated to them now at this point? Yeah, so that's a great thing. Like we have two full-time people on it and then myself, my co-founder, each of us is is like what I would call part-time. So we don't spend all of our days on the business. Each of us has other day jobs. And then DMAC has a, you know, a stable of, of folks that come in and out depending on what we need. Like if we need designers, then I'll bring in some designers from DMAC to help us for a sprint, you know, paid search or email marketer. Like I've got a pretty big team that we can tap into as needed. I, I bet you if we did all the math, it's probably a, a four or five person company in total mm-hmm. when you when you looked at how many people are involved and maybe more. So it's uh you know, that's why like I, I don't like to I, I'm definitely not one to say, you know, here's here's how I'm scaling, you know, Pila case from nothing into this, you know, big business and hey, you, anybody entrepreneur, you can do it too. That's right. You know, I, I, I don't like to do that because it would be a little disingenuous. Like I'm sort of cheating. Right. Like I have resources available to me in in human capital and people that do this every day. And had I, if I didn't have those, I would be going a lot slower and making a lot more mistakes. You mentioned to me before we had chatted that some of your role models within the business world are are the folks like Richard Branson, Ray Dalio, Warren Buffett. So when you look at their businesses and what are you learning from them or are you learning anything from them when you're running a concurrent type business at this point? 
Yeah. I, I, so different things from different people, right? You know, I, I look at a, someone like Warren, like, I'm not an investor, but I look at Warren Buffett as a, someone who's mastered taking the long view and Ray Dalio as um, someone who's like really treated his company and, and his life as, as like a platform and a machine that he can operate and show other people how to operate. Right. So he's like a set of principles and a set of, he's got his own operating system. Um, and then I see someone like Richard Branson as, you know, the guy's got like four or 500 operating businesses underneath him. So, you know, he's, at least from what I can tell, he's just mastered this, you know, um, building people and teams and, and scaling that, uh, instead of, you know, looking at the individual business models, cause some of them are totally detached from each other. Right. right. Um, so I think like, I like to, to stay as wide as I can in what I read and what I learn and, and who I talk to and what I follow, because I, I find I can glean, you know, little bits and pieces that, um, I can apply to my rather, I, I can apply to my rather narrow world. So it's, it's a lot less about the people and it's more about the, the breadth of everything. Right. Okay, cool. And I know you just quickly mentioned a key word that I was thinking of and something I wanted to bring up was business principles. I know Ray Dalio, he has many of that and, and you mentioned him already. So can you share some of the business principles that he has and how it's perhaps providing a guiding light for you in the way you lead your businesses now? Uh, I, so the biggest one for me is is sort of his approach to like this idea of, of creating a machine. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I never looked at businesses as that. Like I always looked at it like, uh, for a long time, I looked at it as, um, you know, your company is, is an asset and this, and assets are meant to be grown or sold or, you know, it's, it's like any other investment. Right. And I think the big one that I've always liked about Ray Dalio, or at least what I get from him is this idea that, this platform concept or this machine concept in that you can create something that can be very good at creating other things, right? So like buying and investing or building other assets. And that, that was relatively new to me a couple of years ago. And now I kind of, I kind of always, I look at everything that way, hmm. um, which is like, how do things fit together? So like seemingly like, you know, disparate or disconnected businesses or concepts, do they fit together? Right. Or can they, should they, and ask those questions like on the surface, DMAC and Pila case do not fit together. Like if you just looked at the the financial models and the businesses and you just looked at them purely from like that, that spreadsheet view, they make no sense together. If you back up far enough though, you can see the leverage points uh, in people and systems and, and some of the repeatability that we get. And that to me is, is the very definition of platform, right? Like, it, it's something that's you know other things can sit on top of and launch off of. No, that's yeah, no, that's great. Thanks for sharing that, and it's pretty exciting, I'm sure. Uh, and I don't have to tell you is when you realize this platform you built, and I'm sure your imagination is is going wild now in terms of where you could scale or which tangent you could take, as long as there's some type of relationship with with it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, now it's a, a question of focus. Like that's the big one, right? Because it gets, it's really easy to, and we've definitely made mistakes along the way where, you know, we get distracted by trying to do too much uh, or too many varied things. And I think, you know, we've, we've learned those lessons the hard way. And now we're in this place where it's, it's like, how do we become the most effective at what we do? And, not, and like, just get back to that basic principle of, of, you know, do one thing, do it really well, um, and then repeat it. Right. right. And, and, and don't venture out until you've mastered the repetitive, scalable side of that one thing. 
Um, so I'm just going to change gears, Matt, because I want to mm. just go back putting together this podcast on business leadership. It's really fascinating to hear, you know, the business leaders of today. Some some of them have made some personal changes to, you know, transform themselves to to where they are today. I mean, you started your career just as a developer. I know you mentioned you've been a developer. You became a sales engineer. You worked for a number yes. of companies like NetSuite, Hatch. I mean, just to name yeah. a few. I'm not sure, but can you share with us some of the key, perhaps, turning points that you encountered or or maybe even difficult decisions that you had to make that eventually allowed you to grow as a business leader? Yeah, that's good. So it's, it's been a while, right? Like I've I've been building DMAC now coming up on 10 years. So mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've had a J-O-B. And <laughs> I, like looking back, and I've I've been asked similar questions before, but like that's an interesting way to phrase it, which is, you know, I can't pinpoint specific times or events, but I can say that, you know, prior to like the big one for me is like prior to joining NetSuite, I knew that my skill set as a person, as a worker, like professional was very focused on like the building of software, right? It's like how to, how to build product. And I didn't know anything about how it was marketed or sold. And my neighbor, funny enough, was working at NetSuite as a as a sales regional sales manager, and she was telling me about the company and how it was so growing so fast and it was doing really well, and that there was an opportunity to become a, a pre-sale engineer, right? So like some bridge between what I typically do, which is build stuff and architect stuff, um, and helping companies figure out what to build prior to to making that decision, right? And that's mm-hmm. kind of what a pre-sale engineer does. So. I took the opportunity very deliberately knowing that I needed to learn a hell of a lot more about the front end or the quote unquote front end of these kinds of companies, right? Like if I wanted to be in technology, I needed to know the full scope of what one of these businesses did. It's like, how the hell do you get customers, right? I never understood that. At the same time, like I wanted to do that because I I also knew that at some point I was going to go and build a business. Like I just... My family was a bunch of retailers and, um, and you know, business owners, right? Like small business owners. So it was, I grew up with that, mm-hmm. um, at least on my mother's side of the family. So it wasn't foreign to me. It wasn't, it was just always something that was there. And I knew at some point I wanted to be my own boss and uh, hang my shingle out. And um, I saw NetSuite as a, as a great way to, to learn and add value to the company, um, you know, figure out how to work within a larger team, like a bunch of things that that was that were made possible because of that one move. But it was calculated. Like I, I definitely knew what I was doing. I mean, what I was looking to get out of it. Very smart. I guess then since, since that's a little bit far, and this is actually really interesting as well in terms of business leadership, since you've grown DMAC Media in the last 10 years to almost 100 employees, I mean, how are you keeping up in terms of business leadership growth i mean obviously growing from five employees or 10 employees to 50 employees there's a there's a mind shift there and then for getting to 100 and to 150 for example so so yeah. so how are you continually growing or learning uh, in terms of gr- uh, in terms of yourself yeah so there's two ways i look at it i have sort of a set of beliefs you know that that are more personal which is like um my beliefs on on what is good business and what does it look like and um, and I think those have changed over time. And I think they've changed because on the other side, there is this, like, I, I invest heavily in myself. Um, that's like financially and time in learning and developing 
um, and becoming better, right? So it's not just about business. It's like just better person, better human, better, better me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that leads to the, to the other, right? So, you know, for example, like I, my, I attend, you know, I'm a big believer in the mastermind concept and I go to, you know, I go to events that are small and catered and curated with other really high performing people so that I can learn from them and they can learn from me. And, you know, there's a, there's a great value building exercise in those. Um, I, uh, DMAC had, had hired, uh, and has a executive coach to help us as an executive team get better at doing what we do. And, you know, cause like when you're growing a company, a lot of stuff that you never put any time or thought into starts to become important. And, you know, that's where cracks start to show if you're building teams. So, you know, that big investment in hiring a coach and learning the things that we didn't know about leadership and people management and systems and scale and all that good stuff. Um, and then mostly what it comes down to now is, is I ask a lot of questions about like, what do I want? Um, you know, what charges me up? What, what fills the battery? And what's like, what do I want? Like, what kind of impact do I want to have? Um, and that sort of then forms that just bringing it full circle that then forms the basis for like, what do I believe? Right. Um, like something that I've always be- like had as a belief in and in a, like a hard firm one is that um, I, I've never been interested in building a big business. Uh, and I, I think that growth for the sake of growth is stupid. Mm hmm. And that's kind of been this underlying thing. So like, I think great businesses should, should be able to grow and shrink based on what the market is asking of them in, in opportunity. Right. And that is a little contrarian, but I, I, I think that that's actually just how like great companies are built or should be built. And that's just my own view. Right. But that comes out of all that other development stuff that I do. One thing I want to quickly ask, and you may have answered it, and I think you it came out in terms of your family background, but you 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 jumped ship. I mean, you left the job to become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I mean, knowing that you had entrepreneurs within your family, still, what were what were your biggest fears when you were making that decision? Oh, uh, a whole bunch of them. I mean, the one that still stands out for me is like it's one thing that my family had a bunch of entrepreneurs, but my wife's didn't, mm-hmm. right? We both came uh, come from Sudbury, Ontario, which is a mining community. And almost everybody up there is a blue collar or white collar worker for some kind of portion of the mining machine. And you know, uh, when I decided to do this, there was definitely some odd looks and some questions from her family and from the other side of mine, which is like, why would you give up such a sweet gig for all this risk and and to try and figure it out on your own? And I mean, I don't, I didn't have really great answers at the time. I just, it was a, it was a want and a desire. Um, I didn't even have a business plan. I just knew I wanted to do something in e-commerce in Canada because I saw it as a, as a growing uh, market and that was it. So like, I, I think the, the hard one was just like, it's one, it, it was just getting everybody to, you know, accept it. And then I think that that was mostly just getting myself to also accept it, that it was okay that I was doing something a little different. Matt, aside from running multiple businesses, I just wanted to sh- share a little bit of light for the listeners. Matt's also a published author. I mean, yeah. he, he has a book titled Anything, Anywhere, and it's about your domain expertise. So yep. one would argue that you're, you're exper- you, you know, you're sharing your experience. You're becoming a thought leader within this e-commerce. So my first question on this side is what made you decide that you wanted to write that book? Yeah, it's a good, that's a good question. So I wanted, uh, a, like I wanted to kind of 
consolidate some of my thinking and put it all in one place, sort of like a playbook for, you know, how I view and how I look at and what I've learned about, you know, starting and scaling these types of companies, right? So like not e-commerce, not pure retail, but just the bigger sort of commerce or trade bucket. So like dealing in the world of physical stuff. Um, so I, I, I really just wanted to scratch that itch. Like, let's get it all, let's get it all down and get it all in one place. It was definitely part, you know, uh, start, start the process of, you know, putting myself out there a bit more. So I've always considered myself a, a student of retail, mm-hmm. a student of commerce. Never, I, I sort of like half-assed this idea of it being a thought leader, like, I, or, or I don't even like that term, but like mm-hmm. just sharing my views more, right? I kind of half-assed it. And, you know, I'd write some stuff, I'd publish some stuff, not really consistently. I'm still having, a, I still struggle with consistency with writing because it, it's more about when it comes to me than it is having a, a good practice or discipline around it. But the book was very much like, let's take that first step. Let's commit to putting my thoughts out there into something that's a bit more permanent um, and is a, is, a, is a start, right? So it was like, it's the first step in building this other part now of the platform and codifying what I do every day. Uh, and that that's it. That was like, there was no grand vision. There was no you know, this, there was no angle there. Like there was none of that. It was just like, I think I have some really good experiences to share. I'd like to share them. Good stories. I think they will be valuable to the right readers. This was never a mass market thing. It's, you know, it, it very much is a, this is a book about how you take a e-com or retail business from a million to 20. Mm-hmm. Right. And not much in between, like on either side, like it's not a book about how to start. It's not a book about how to run, you know, a large, you know, billion dollar company, like none of that crap. This is just <laughs> what it's like to go from one to 20. And that, and that's what you need in, in terms of a book. I mean, even for me, I like those, uh, those books that have a specific niche and specific topic and, and, yes. and, and really, yeah. and really deliver on that. Yeah. And that's so like, now I'm working on my second and, you know, and I didn't think I would do a second. I thought this would just be a one-time thing. Like I went into it thinking this is just a one-time thing, but you know, what I'm learning now building Pila I'm learning a whole whole bunch of new stuff. And, you know, the the retail landscape is changing so much that I want to continue to share what I am learning because I think there's a lot of people out there who could benefit from it. And that that's what I'm doing. Like I, I just I want to give back and and uh and share what we learn. No, that's great. And now that you're doing your second one what did you learn in terms of the process going through your first one and and what are you improving upon now since since the second because sometimes it takes a couple of iterations and i'm sure you know this to get better at things yeah so the first one was very much about my own experiences and my own stories that were like directly related to things that i'd done or seen um and there's definitely going to be that's that's the basis for what i'm doing this time around but i'm also I'm going to go out in the world and do a lot more research uh, and try and find similar stories or or things that back up the thesis for the second book from outside of my own sphere, right? Like outside of my own circle. Uh, and the reason for that is just to see, like, can I also learn some new things and share those and and just back it up a bit more? So I think that that's it's not that I didn't I didn't do that the first time around. It's just I want to do more of that because I, I find that fun to be honest. So it's a bit selfish. Um, and then, you know, I think the the second time around, uh, I'm going to do, uh, so like this time around, we kind of gave ourselves 
60 to 90 days to kind of prepare the launch of of the book and i like for anybody who's written and put one of these things out there the launch is really important as far as hitting like amazon's bestseller list and you know um getting getting some noise and getting some traction and all that good stuff so like you really got to hit it hard and our approach was you know a bit softer than i think we maybe should have like i think we maybe should have gone like shotgun blast launch Mm -hmm. where you know, my approach this time was like, I'm not really trying to sell a lot of books. I just want the right people to get this thing. So let's go a little slower and, and drip it out. Um, and that was the strategy. I think this time around, I might consider a, a much bigger uh, launch event around the book, but I, that's still up for debate. So I'm, I'm not certain. Well, I'm excited and definitely, Matt, you let us know and we'll, we'll be happy to share it to the community for sure for those who's listening and, and really interested in that. Fun question, Matt. Since you've been growing your businesses, I, I'd love to ask if, if I if I had anyone in your team, if I were to ask you know your colleagues, your peers, what's the best leadership quality you possess? What do you think they would say? Hmm, that's a good one. <laughs> I strive to get that. That's a really good one and, and a positive. Yeah, podcast. it's hard. I mean, like I think the because like I, I bet you the things that I talk about a lot may not be the things that people always get from me, right? And like their impression. So I'm, I would hope that it's like brutally honest. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't, I don't hold anything back. I tell people what I think. Um, you know, I, I'm not an asshole about it, but I definitely just, I share what I think. And, and I think that's how we get better, right? Is just to like put our thoughts out there. Um, even though it makes you a bit more vulnerable when you do so. Um, and I think that makes me a, a decent leader is to not be afraid to, to share a thought or a, a belief or, um, and I, I suspect that people get that from me. Uh, I, I would hope so because I definitely try and live that way. So Matt, what else? I know you mentioned that you're working on another book, but do you have any other special projects, any other initiatives, or perhaps some of the fun things that you're looking for or something you're really excited about? Yeah. I, so I'm really, I'm, I'm super charged up right now over this this like taking the peel a case sort of model and trying to replicate that. And in particular, I'm really, I'm really charged up over the idea of building um, more product businesses that have a, a much bigger purpose than just selling product. Mm-hmm. And like, that was the thing that attracted me to peel a case in the first place was like, it's not just an iPhone case, right? It's, it's the world's first zero waste iPhone case. Like this thing composts, so you can throw it in a backyard composter, a commercial composter, and it'll disappear instead of plastic that's on the planet for hundreds of years that just piles up in our waterways. So there's there's a really strong mission to this brand that I, I believe in, and I love that model. And I think that that's a way that I can take what I've learned and what I can do um, and what I have access to and have a much bigger, much greater positive impact on the planet. So that's that speaks more to like legacy than it does anything else. But I, I love that you can actually do that today. Like you can build a business that is not just good business, but it's just, it's good. <laughs> like good, good period. Good, right? smart. And that's yeah. it. So I'm just all over that idea right now. And, uh, and that gets me up in the morning. That's, I love it. I love that, that you have that in your passion. And Matt, I'm, honestly, I'm really having a great time today. But uh, before we end, I'd love to get, Maybe some final thoughts, observations, and, and ideally some type of actionable recommendations that you could share to the listeners who are either 
growing as a business leader or maybe looking to start a business, grow a business uh, that who are listening? There's, there's a whole bunch. Uh, recently, I, I had read, I, don't, I forget which one of my friends posted this, but the whole like, here's the five things you need to do to grow a, a six figure, seven figure, eight, whatever the, the moniker is used by experts in the coaching space or whatever, whatever is being sold to young entrepreneurs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend say something along the lines of like, you know, buying or, or signing up or, or buying into somebody else's doctrine is like, is just that they're not admitting that they're basically, they're not admitting that they, they kind of won the lottery. Right. And, you know, I, and I look at things that way now and I think that it would do young entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs uh, or leaders a lot of favors to start looking at, like, if you found some amount of, of commercial success, it's probably going to do, it would, ha- it'd be a lot more humbling to look at it. Like some amount of that was timing and luck and some amount was hard work and dedication and good idea and all that stuff had to come together. But, you know, don't turn around and, and think that that's super, you know, uh, scalable, right? Or the playbook. And yeah. So like, I think that, we 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 as a as a group of leaders and entrepreneurs need to start looking at things a lot more critically in that you know there is a, a special sauce to every single business that isn't something that you can just copy and i i wish i wish that more leaders and more business builders would admit that and and start having conversations right instead of these like you know, quick lists and courses and stuff that I'm sh- a lot of them are super valuable and very high quality, but a lot of them are garbage because mm-hmm. I mean, they're selling a dream or a fantasy that I just don't believe in. And that's not just like, I've never, I've never thought, I don't think there's ever been a better time to become an entrepreneur. I don't, I think this is an amazing time we live in, but I'd like to see a healthier conversation and a healthier debate about what it actually takes and some of the ingredients that some people don't want to admit exist right? Like timing. That's great. I love that. I, that was the first time I heard on this podcast in terms of really understanding that, that timing and really acting upon it as a business leader or entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But uh, thank you for sharing that, Matt. So to close, please tell us where we can find more information about you, your companies, the products that you're working on, or, or anything you want to share to the listeners today. Yeah. So everything, uh, everything me that is digital um, can be found at mattbertulli.com. Uh, so B-E-R-T-U-L-L-I. Com. And uh, that's it. it. You can you can link to my companies, my book, the everything, uh, any writing I do on Medium, all of it just sort of points back to that one place. Now I've I needed to organize myself. Great, you consolidate it, and we'll yes. we'll list it on the on the podcast episode page. But Matt, cool. truly, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast. Yeah, no, it's been great, man. Thanks for having me. That's it, folks. Thank you for listening to episode number 36 of the Business Leadership Podcast with Matt Bertulli. Now, wasn't that great? For me, I personally enjoyed hearing Matt's stories of leading and building businesses by changing the way he thought and thinking them as, as a platform and how he could leverage them to grow. To learn more about Matt, DMAC Media, Pila Case, or anything he mentioned, please visit the episode webpage at thebusinessleadership.com slash 036. Thank you for all the messages. I appreciate all the comments, questions, and suggestions. 
So please keep them coming. Feel free to contact me directly via email to edwin at thebusinessleadership.com. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you again. And until next time, Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com.